<laughs> Holy shit, what a great burp! <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I had to make sure that the uh, expansion of gas from within me did not cause me to prematurely explode. Much like George went. George went, and George came, and George conquered. <laughs> Just like Napoleon. Ah, I could go for Napoleon right now. Too oh. sweet. Oh, man, am I hungry. <laughs> hmm, maybe the clue to the next part of the plot is in Hungary, or possibly in Blair. Huh, well, if we're so hungry, why don't we go to Turkey? <laughs> hmm, just across the pond, we'll have to escape by Greece. If only there was some way to cross large gulfs of continenture without uh, causing us to fall into some sort of wacky adventure. Let's just fast forward. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the dialogue, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. So many of my notes are just, that's the dialogue, and that's what they're doing. I, I, I think I wrote, one of my notes was like, the dictum for this show was first thought, best thought. <laughs> a, a, a joke that you can find in plenty if you are willing to enjoy it. Yeah, I feel like there were a lot of liquid lunches, and they were like, well, we're done working for today, right? Mm. <laughs> but again, it's, who is that dialogue for? Any, Children, like, I assume. <laughs> but not really, though. Right? <laughs> like, the, it's, it's not that the, that the concepts are too complex. It's that the sentence and syntax of it is, is not normal. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, when you're a small child, I feel like you can just, like, you can, like, gloss over <laughs> shit and just be like, this is smart person stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see it in a lot of cartoons like, oh, they're just doing techno babble to make a character sound smart. And it's in the cadence of a joke. <laughs> it, it 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 carries a lot. What you know? was what was a young Nick? Tell me what Nick was like in his youth. Oh, a spaz attack. A spaz oh, yeah? attack for sure. Yeah, I I was I was a very hyperactive child. Um and uh you know, run, running around. Uh, at some point, th there's a there's a myth about me, and it's <laughs> funny that my my parents. So I I have a really bad allergy to poison ivy. Okay. Um, and so I I had this like really bad reaction, and so they put me on steroids to combat the poison ivy, and then they didn't taper the dosage. They just stopped it. And the way that my parents talk about it is I went crazy, and I started digging a hole in the backyard and sleeping in it. And I was like, huh, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't remember that. Because you had to get that poison ivy. I don't know. But then a couple, a couple, like a few years later, I was like, oh, remember that time that I tried to make an apartment underneath the backyard to... Uh, <laughs> up the selling value of the house my parents were like no that's when they took you off the steroids and you went crazy i was like that seemed perfectly logical to me at the time <laughs> and kind of still to this day <laughs> right right so, <laughs> it's just a different perspective you you had a plan you just didn't communicate it yeah apparently yeah you know and a child vocabulary child. is not there yeah. um i also there was a talent show where i reenacted 
the scene in the mask, the movie, the Jim Carrey movie, The Mask, where he gets oh, uh, so, so, somebody has to stop him. Somebody because he's smoking. Smoking. <laughs> uh, the scene where he gets caught in the park by the two cops. Yeah, they say freeze, and he gets like and frozen fr- in midair. Yeah, sure. and uh, he slaps them both in the face and goes, "That's gonna hurt." All yeah. that kind of stuff. So I did that, uh, but yeah. I did it as all the characters, and I, I had hats on stage that I would drop and pick up to be the different characters. Mm-hmm. So I I wasn't uh, popular <laughs> um, at all. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow also in there I found time to play the violin. So. Ooh, la-di-da. Um, how about young, young Zane? Give us, give oh, us a I, Reader's I Digest. I was also not popular. I was more of a biter. <laughs> Uh, biter <laughs> and instead of violin learning mime craft oh not minecraft this was no that. no no i understand uh i would ask for a demonstration but it doesn't really translate on a podcast that well i'll just i'll just cut in like 10 seconds of silence and then polite clap my god it's like there's a strong breeze <laughs> get out of that box man he's in a box <laughs> i do love the box humor of mimes um, Classic mind bit. No, like things seeming normal, uh, but you don't realize because you're a kid, but you don't realize that you're weird f- even for that age. Like in second grade, um, all the kids had to say something weird about them for like a song about how we're all a little weird. And, you know, some kids were, some of the, some of the kids are like, oh, you know, they always skip the odd numbers when they're doing hopscotch or, or whatever the shit. And what? mine was mine was like. Zane likes to drink his bath water and spit it into plastic cups, like as a game in the bath. <laughs> and that was sung to the entire auditorium. I guess I took baths. I don't really recall. Well, <laughs> young Nick did not. So you're you're on steroids. You're digging in the dirt. You're not taking a bath. <laughs> I was. I mean, I feel like I was a shower guy early on. What? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I'm picturing like second grade. How old was just reaching up for that knob? <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of my adolescence involved reaching up for that knob. There's like a tiny, you know, like a tiny child with like a towel around his waist, like checking the water temp. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You feel like an adult. I mean, second grade is when I started making my own breakfast. So, wow, adept. Yeah, scrambled eggs. Um, they you on the stove too. No, I microwave. Oh, pre-scrambled. Yeah. Well, I would like scramble the egg and then put it, throw in some cheese and then throw it in the microwave. You can do that? I did in 1990 whatever. No, I just didn't know you could do that with eggs. I don't know if the laws of physics have changed and I haven't done it <laughs> well, since then. So. I just never thought about it. Huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, that was. The show that we're was, here to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was child. I mean. That we can was be forgiven for being childhood distracted. for us, us, us. Yeah, so uh, this is a special episode. Ben's not here. Um, and so uh, I've He's missed, Nick. but also like, fuck him. <laughs> well, he's missed, right? Yeah. We, we miss him. Yeah, right. Um, but also this enables me to do a very low effort, low prep episode. <laughs> and not worry about it tainting the canon. Thank God that you podcast. set this up top so that people like honestly skip to the next episode now if you're not ready for the <laughs> bar on the floor. Um 
But yeah, the the bar today is Nick and I. Uh, for this special segment, we are going to be talking about the adventures of Sam and Max Freelance Police. Uh, Bitchin' theme song. It, whew, the theme song is like everything else. It's fucking non-stop. wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, I've only ever been tangentially aware of this series. Can you tell me a little bit about Sam and Max, uh, these these pro- anthropomorphic private eyes? Sure. I, honestly, I came to this uh, because of the theme song. I was like, you know, one of those like um, uh, hour and a half montage, uh, not montage, but like a compilation of 90s cartoon themes like mm-hmm. popped up on YouTube <laughs> while I was not paying attention. And this, like, you know, crazy bebop jazz thing was happening with, with mm-hmm. like, the most frenetic uh, action occurring. And I was like, I should probably check out this show. And then you yep. were like, what do you want to watch? And I was like, well, let's check this show out. And then I was like, boo. <laughs> I love those. I love those 90s uh, cartoon intro compilations because there's always something in there that's more 90s. Than you could have ever imagined. Oh my god! Called extreme dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> Are they? Uh, they're skateboarding. Yeah, it's it's just a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ripoff, but with dinosaurs and electric guitars. The amount of uh, like almost occupation and animal that was yeah. just everywhere. Street sharks, biker mice from Mars, like you know. Yeah. Just put some kind of word and then just throw it like you know danger puppies. Like whoa. <laughs> yeah, I mean. We- that's never SWAT really gone cats. away. <laughs> Once they realized that animals and TV are good, never stopped. Ugh, gold, baby, every time. I mean, and the thing about the that era is the bar to entry started to get lower. Okay, yeah. So, and you have all these small companies popping up all over the place, including Nelvana, who made this, and the mm-hmm. incidentally the Beetlejuice, the animated series. Um, and a couple other things, uh, but like you have these like small companies that like almost like a Jay Ward, right? They're, they're like these like plucky, like let's let you know we're gonna get on network TV, guys. Yeah. It was the '90s; everyone was rich. And man, just like every kind of schlocky, like if you had a comic book from anywhere from 1965 to 1989 someone was trying to make a cartoon out of that comic book yep captain bucky o'hare uh earth bucky o'hare bucky o'hare yeah uh this this is definitely within that canon Mm. um i never read the comics uh i never played the games um but uh from lucas arts yeah yeah from lucas arts and then telltale you know the classic kind of adventure game uh uh uh, you know, adventure game style game. What's the, the genre? Classic adventure <laughs> okay, game. <yes. laughs> Why can't I just say that? <laughs> Don't worry, you made it over that bar on the floor, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> just, just slowly inchworming my way. But yeah, this this ran uh, on Fox Kids in the U.S. and YTV in Canada from '97 to '98. Mm. Uh, the comics were created by Steve Purcell. Purcell. In, uh, yeah, uh, I assume '87. 
and published by Fish Warp P- Productions. Yeah, and uh, I was reading about how he uh, the, his comic stylings came from. <laughs> this is really funny. So him and his brother would make like little cartoons when they were kids yeah. to and draw each other. And his comic stylings would be him destroying his brother's cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you think that's funny? Let me just take him in there. Did you ever watch um, Drew Carey's third improv TV show? His Improvaganza? Yeah. Yeah. So there With was the, what Chip Easton was on that one. Yeah, right? all all his classic crew. Jeff um, Brian Davis. All the all the greats. <laughs> they had an episode where Charlie Sheen was a guest. Whoa. Like uh, like winning during by winning Charlie Sheen or by winning Tiger mm. Blood era Charlie Sheen. Great. <laughs> and Great. Ryan Stiles was like, I found this young, talented actor, I'm gonna bring him on stage. And, and he wasn't young at like, the time. <laughs> no, he was, he was, this was the decline. This yeah. was right after we all knew the decline was coming hard. Yeah. And the, and they, they were doing that game where, you know, everybody is telling a story together and the conductor like picks a different person. They have to continue the story. Like an exquisite sort of corpse. And so, yeah. And so. Three people, you know, uh, in sequence, start telling the story, and then it gets to Charlie Sheen, and Charlie Sheen just says, "Charlie Sheen fucked a dead hooker," <laughs> and then the conductor points away, and so he says, "Now what I mean by that is, <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> <laughs> listen, some people need to be nobodied." Yeah, absolutely. Um, and sometimes that's even more fun. Uh, oh, yeah. That's wild. <laughs> but yeah, that idea that like, okay, yeah, we're going to yes and this as far as we possibly can. Um, and, and then just if, retcon at every sentence. <laughs> like if you ever hit a part that you can't, just just hard write into something else. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, th- this... Era of wacky, yeah. This era of TV too. I feel like just really played that up too. I mean, you think that this is the time that Family Guy came out, right? Yeah. Or Family Guy would have been long before this, but you know that kind of like this reminds me of Cut Two. This reminds Mm -hmm. me of Cut Two. You know, we've all seen the South Park episode, and uh, you know, like Freakazoid came out like two years before this, and that's. I mean. I would say that that's um, a better version of this. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, it's got more craft to it. Right, but like cow and chicken and shit like that, you know, that's yeah, sort of Ren like... And, Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, the yeah, wacky universe. Gym. The Tick. Yeah, the Tick was all up in this. It's, yeah. It's just, it's the same thing of we don't have the strongest sense of plotting or character but we have but a Jesus, mascot. are we good? Jesus, do we have a lot of <laughs> cocaine and we're really good at word association? Yes, that's that's it. Just make that into the reality, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. You could do so much with a mascot in the 90s, right? Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. What about him was appealing other than it was an animal? <laughs> and even that, was he really a hedgehog? I don't know. The science is still out. <laughs> Has anybody? Are, is this really a dog and a rabbit? Right. Uh, I do love that there w- there was an episode where they actually called him a, a lagomorph. 
Yes, Lagomorph. And I was like, what the hell is a Lagomorph? And it's like the, the you know, whatever it's, phylum or something. Of yeah, like the Rattus the, Rattus. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, fun, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what the other Lagomorphs are. Uh, I feel like Chinchilla was on there, maybe. I don't know. Ooh, cute. Oh, man, yeah. they're so soft. You ever touch a Chinchilla? Uh, not in many years. I try to stay off the stuff these days. Mm, I mean, you know, I give myself an indulgence like every other year or something. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so this this is a show about a uh, 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 dog in a trench coat and a rabbit in nothing going around, quote unquote, solving crimes. Yeah, which has a very, um, like, Douglas Adams-y, like, you know... There's no, they they never change, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're not learning lessons, or you know, they're the same characters at the beginning to the end. They just word associate, and that creates the reality around them that gets them through a series of gags that sp- supposedly will have children in stitches. Um, and honestly, if I was a kid, I probably would have loved it, uh, but, but yeah, it missed I mean, me in childhood. <laughs> Because it doesn't require you have a strong sense of what's going on or keeping track of the plot. It A problem arises that ostensibly could use a private eye who dabbles in the occult, right? Or, or, or Yeah, the, like a the Dirk Gently or something. Yeah, Dirk Gently. But this is a facade. This is, right. show is an excuse to move between set pieces for jokes and non sequiturs. Right, yes. And uh, uh, even the, like... So, like, Ren and Stimpy is not, you know, very heavy on plot, but you have these, like, you know, animation, you know? You have set pieces, and you have these, like, actions and these, you know, explosions and things. This Mm -hmm. is almost—and this this does one of the things that, like, I always find funny in a cartoon, where you could close your eyes and nothing changes, because they narrate all (laughs) their actions. Exactly. Everything is narrated. Oh, I guess that's Zeus over there. Hi, I'm Zeus. I'm gonna well, start his pants are fairly exposition. large. Why did you draw him with large pants if you're just going to tell us that he has large yeah. pants? Will, will you excuse me for a moment? Oh, I yeah. I used the bathroom very suddenly. Oh, okay. Good luck. What, TMI? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to what I've heard from you, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know. Kablam. <laughs> Marvelous. Kablam. Kablam was a, f- a fun show from memory. I don't know if I'd revisit it, though. You know? It was it was half good. <clears throat> oh, it had, yeah? because um, yeah, it had a bunch of segments, and two were pretty good, and one was okay, and then the rest were all bad. Okay. Was Inside Out Boy on Kablam, or was that just an interstitial on Nickelodeon in general? You're talking about the cover of the Inside Out soundtrack covered by Fall Out Boy? Oh, I was more thinking the song Inside Out by Eve Six. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. I Does don't it? Know Eve Six. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, a band covering a song makes more sense than covering a soundtrack. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Inside Out because I just edited that yesterday. <laughs> I would swallow my prayed, I would choke on the reins, but the lack thereof would leave me empty inside. Swallow my See, dough, so you, turn it in. you know their song, and even you don't know the words. <laughs> 
No, those are the words. Uh-huh, I've sure. done it on karaoke a bunch. Oh, God. <laughs> well, who's going to call you out? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, the other side of it, uh, I I tried, one time I was, the one time at work, I was like, did Eve 6 had another have another song? Scott, do you know another Eve 6 song? Scott starts listing off Eve 6 songs, and I was just like, oh, I I guess I asked the one person who knows. With all the confidence of a man who had to look it up earlier that day for a similar reason. <laughs> I feel like somebody's going to ask me about Eve 6 today. I should look it up. Oh, second sense, but only for references. <laughs> I have the gift of foresight, and it's useless. Someone's going to ask me about Noam Chomsky today. I better bone up. There's a lot to bone up on. Yeah, it's, it's, a, dense, it's a dense back catalog. Yeah, knowing that somebody is going to ask me about Noam Chomsky today doesn't tell me a lot about how to prepare, actually. That's true. Where do you start? Do you start in the linguistic side of things? Do you right, start with the, the political politi- stuff? Right. The Foucault-Chomsky debate alone. Oh, my God. Gotta, uh, gotta rev that up on the podcast. The, uh, uh, what, what was William F. Buckley Jr.'s show? Crossfire? Crossfire! Uh, <laughs> whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the episode with Chomsky is so funny because Chomsky's such a serious person, and mm-hmm. William F. Buckley Jr. is just so playful. He's like, "Not a, of course, if you uh, walk me through these points," and you're just like, <laughs> "You fucking dipshit." Yeah, I mean, he should know by now the setup of like asshole asking simple questions and you giving complex answers doesn't actually make you look good. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. It's a hard strategy to pull off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, where were we? <laughs> uh, we were talking about... Ren and Stimpy. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so this, this is a lot like Ren and Stimpy. It's just not nearly as horny and not as bad to look at because it keeps that comic book aesthetic. I was I was almost going the reverse where it's not as fun to look at as Ren and Stimpy because there's almost like little not as much animation. It was like they had this giant headed alien creature that's mm-hmm. like blowing shit up and it just kind of like nothing really it moved there. and it was yeah. like okay, cool. Oh, see, I, I'm I'm a sucker for a good like comic book you can see where the panels should go kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, I can get behind that. Absolutely. I I never actually watched more than like an episode of Ren and Stimpy. Is it is it good? I mean, it's considered to be one of the like greatest animations of the '90s. Um, yeah, just because they they put a lot of detail into these horrific close-ups. Well, yeah. So those were paintings, actually. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, J- John Kay, you know, canceled, obviously, but uh, oh, oh you know, <laughs> for all of his insanity, yeah, the dude had talent when it came to animation. Uh, he was just a raging asshole and a creep. Probably still is. Uh, Probably. And um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the the motion is considered to be some of the best motion that was, you know, it was all two D huh. animation and hand drawn. So nothing. I don't think there was ever anything digital. Maybe in the later years, but Zane's respect for Ren and Stimpy grew one size that day. <laughs> who's who's the narrator? Of the thir- no, Thurl Ravenscroft does the yeah. song. Yeah, he does the song. I don't know who narrates. Uh, you're a foul one. <laughs> it's, what a beautiful, sonorous. It's so good. Uh, um, uh, yeah. So, 
speaking of uh, our meandering conversation and sure. this show, yeah. you, you uh, uh, revealed to me once in strictest confidence that you might have ADHD. What? Since when? <laughs> Can you <clears throat> remark on that in relation to this show and your enjoyment of it and perhaps its aesthetic? You know, it's it's funny that if you if you don't have a large attention span as I don't that you'd mm. think that something that caters to that would would you know be symbiotic or it would you know be copacetic uh but for <laughs> some odd reason like I still found myself like being like oh I wonder what I, you know oh hey you <laughs> yeah, know what, what I should going? I should look up you know and I found myself down yeah, this yeah. deep rabbit hole of uh, uh about the history of Nelvana which fascinating company named after the first not only the first Canadian superhero, but the first female Canadian superhero from 1941, Nelvana. Yeah, that, it was just Nelvana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, and actually, they kept going up until they sold in like 2015 what? or something. I mean, in same so owners. It was like two film school uh, kids. Who were just like, ah, maybe we should, you know, get into uh, making stuff. All right, what are we gonna make? Yeah. I don't know. Cartoons seem cool. Great. <laughs> little, little, little mom and pop animation yeah. studio. Forty years later, and I mean, yeah. you know, they got into the the anime game and shit like that. I mean, it really does kind of like when you read the history of Nelvana, it reads of like how do you like how to stay relevant for forty <laughs> years. Like it's really just wild. It's fun. Huh. Yeah, that that's interesting. Uh and it's also interesting that like you got distracted from this because <laughs> you know, you know that wackiness is happening, but it's all kind of at the same level like of noise and and uh, engagement. Right. And the overall plot is not super complex like oh, this episode is they crash landed in uh like in undiscovered country with, you know, some natives. The, sh- the episode's going to be about that. The jokes could be all over the place, but that's where the that's where they are. Yeah, right. And there there are no stakes. You know, I mean, they're already they're they're super you know natural in the sense that anything can happen to them. They come out the other side unscathed. So yeah. it's not like you're you're worried for them. You know, but I mean, the same sense of like Rick and Morty. Yeah, I know we're canceled, whatever. Yeah. But like, in the same <laughs> sense that like, what makes Rick an interesting character uh, is that he's going to he's going to be fine. So the yeah. stakes are what happens around him and what his emotional investment is. And if he gives, you know, if he actually shows humanity, that's right. what's interesting because he's not. It's not death for him. <laughs> Right, and here there's there's not really an emotional core or or you know developing cast that we can engage with. So it really it's just, is just how funny can the gag be? Yes. And let me tell you some highlights. <laughs> the name Lactose the Intolerant really got me. That 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 sticks in the main. I mind. thought that was funny. There was uh, it, the when you were talking about with the natives, the uh, the babies, the, the babies that come save them. It was look, uh-huh. it's the rubber pants commandos. I couldn't believe because it was like there is like this 
uh, like SEAL Team Six squad <laughs> of babies and or Cupid, like <laughs> right. But they things. were called the Rubber Pants Commandos, which is Rubber Pants a diaper name? I don't know. It. I can't. I don't know where that plot point came from it's just we need to end the episode let's make it weird yeah right uh exit stage left um there was a so they go to the moon and they find these they find a zebra and a gorilla driving a moon buggy which notoriously a zebra cannot drive a moon buggy obviously the gorilla should have been doing it oh they're going into a convenience store Yep. Right, yes, absolutely. Zebras can't drive moon buggies. It's <laughs> uh, the upcoming album from the War on Drugs. Um, and <laughs> what happens is the zebra and the gorilla go into the convenience store and stick it up because they're wearing masks. But then they pull okay. off the masks and they're giant rats because the moon is populated by giant rats. And there was this thing <laughs> right. of like them pulling off the mask and then being giant rats. I don't know, it just made me laugh a lot. Yeah, they're, they're, it, they're, playing a, they're playing a numbers game, right? It's a quantity thing. Yeah, the, I mean, watching this show is akin to just like flipping through like a joke book on the toilet, you know? And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you know, carp to carp walleting. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that joke it, sometime. It, it reminded me a lot of, um, like, in terms of their relationship and their engagement with whatever's going on around them, it reminded me of Calvin and Hobbes, like, in a spaceman spiff or in a, like, in Calvin's mindscape, right. him and Hobbes doing some pastiche. That's kind of what this felt like um, with the cut up into many different comics. You need a joke every 30 seconds uh, part of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. It that that sort of, I mean, it felt like, yeah, exactly. When you read the collections of Calvin and Hobbes, there were like these longer segments once they were put together. But if you're just reading the paper and there's four yeah. panels. Yep. Day to day, like, oh, yeah, he likes tuna. All, all right. It. String that together for 11 minutes, guys. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Right. Uh, um, the the uh, all honestly, I will say like props to uh, uh, Robert Tinkler, great name, uh, and <laughs> Harvey tinker. Atkin, because like they they gave a kind of fleshed out performance for what they were given. <laughs> oh yeah, this these are, these are canonical, like how they're supposed to sound. Yeah, um, it's pretty good. I mean, you know, and all like the jib jabbery sort of like overly pedantic kind of bullshit lines. Like, what was the uh, country folk are bound to an honor system when it comes to their waste disposal? <laughs> you yeah, know, it's just like lo- shit these, like that. <laughs> these weirdly constructed sentences that, like, I could imagine myself using in day to day, but I can't really imagine other people using. Right, like some, like it, it's. It's the classic, like, nobody talks this way, but it somehow fits into the universe. And, like, it, like we said earlier, it's that thing that a kid is just going to register as, like, this has the cadence of a joke and this is smart people talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the way that Sam talks in particular, it feels like he's trying to get you, he, it's like he's trying to say something without saying it. Right. Like you're He's, trying it's to a bunch of put puffery. the idea into somebody's yeah you're trying to get it into somebody's head that you're 
admitting to something even though you're not like the way that you would with a cop where (laughs) the cop says like do you know how fast you were going and it's a trap to say a number and it's a trap to say you don't know the correct response is either no comment or how fast because if you answer the question it's how not technically fast is it <laughs> and sorry so officer i always travel with a studio audience <laughs> i want to see that sketch that's not bad <laughs> but like you know if if um you know if he was trying to tell somebody that uh you know oh like you've got something on your face it would be constructed in a way like, oh, one could imagine that having something uh, on your visage would cause us no small amount of discomfort in this arena. You know, just like which leads us, which leads sentence. us to our current situation. Yeah, right. Yeah, the 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 situation of which I will now narrate and describe in full. I'm right. full of exposition. <laughs> Max explodes, and then Max's dialogue is all yeah. He just it's it's just loud manic energy. Yeah, I will say, uh, for this era, not a lot of impressions. What do you mean? Well, considering that this show does have a lot of, like, kind of pop culture currency, like, you know, there's, like, Star Trek references and shit like that. Like, I would expect a lot. I mean, I definitely heard, like, you know, a... uh, uh, oh, there was a Wayne Newton, which I, I enjoy, but it was Wayne Newton. Uh, not okay. actually Wayne Newton, but the the character was Wayne Newton. Uh, and there was an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. But, I, th- I, you know, like impressions were currency at this point, especially for voice actors. I mean, you think of like Animaniacs, that was like everything yeah, yeah, that was absolutely. happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I heard um, references much more often in like the music um because they would just take a lot of public domain stuff and just fit it into their loose jazz theme um um, it it, it's pleasant most of the time it's so like you have to engage with it either as just like i'm enjoying watching this thing where sometimes something funny happens or i'm trying desperately to track every joke they're trying to throw at me yeah, it's a honestly, it's a great background show. Like if it's you're trying, like if you were trying to do, if you're doing dishes or something that yeah. needs just kind of like I need to be able to like look up from this mundane task every forty seconds to a minute and a half mm-hmm. and just kind of be like <laughs> perfect. I, I had Nailed my it. mouse over the t- previous ten seconds button just so that I could track like where the joke is. So mm. like. One time uh, they have a they have a, a back and forth where Max says, you know, on the phone, like, was that the commissioner? And Sam says, not exactly. It was someone not unlike the commissioner with all the intolerant intones of the commissioner, but who sounded remarkably like the geek and therefore could very well have been the geek. And I had to I had to back play that because I'm like, <laughs> what what are they trying to say? Where is the joke? Why am I enraptured by that cadence? <laughs> Cut to you in a room with a lot of red thread. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Sentence diagrams, Garner's American usage ripped up and pinned to a board. Yeah. Or like they, they bring uh, a 50s era black and white wooden puppet to life, like a Howdy Doody. Mm. Um, and, you know, and so they say like, the gods of slim chance have awarded us this enchanted wooden plaything. <laughs> and that's the most interesting thing about that whole scenario. Is just, that's it. So I have just to play it back. Sentence. <laughs> just sentence. The gods of slim chance. I love that. That's, so that's great. And then Max says, you know, or as I like to call it, target practice. Hey. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Yeah, explode the the weird. Yeah, I mean the the reality of just the speech becomes manifest, mm-hmm. and no matter what, everything kind of manifests because of like word association, right? Which creates you know this universe that's like like the tick is chaotic, right? But I feel like I. Some, in some small way, I could walk around those streets. Yeah, it was coherent. Barely, but it was. <laughs> and this just doesn't have that, where it's just like, you could if you slip up on a pun, you're stuck on Mars, you know? Yeah, it, it had a level of abstraction that was in no way consistent, right? Because sometimes, right. sometimes they get called upon to deal with like a problem that could exist in the real world. And sometimes they get called up because the 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 fridge repairman like accidentally shut off the power, and now there's like now the fridge is haunted or something. I do love how that led to the uh, solution for global warming, though. <laughs> I I could not tell you what the sequence of events that connect those ideas is. I just know that in the '90s everybody was talking about the ozone layer. Yeah, right. Didn't we like we still have climate change, but didn't we? Isn't like the hole in the ozone we, we layer smaller? Fixed- yeah, we got rid of the chlorofluorocarbons mostly. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Huh. We replaced the, them with something almost as bad. Chloroflora. Chlorofluorocarbons. I went on a date with chloroflora in the seventh grade. <laughs> Dating that young. <laughs> <laughs> chloroflora does sound like a Polly Pocket like <laughs> side character, like the hippie. Oh, man. Gary and I did an episode of a podcast once where we found out the name of the guy who invented Polly Pocket, and I can't... Chris... His name was Polly Pockets. I think it was, like, something like Chris Winkle or something. It was wildly, like, you were... And he was a British guy, and it was, like, the most British name you've ever heard. Oh, so speaking of Inkle, um, you mentioned mm. Robert Tinkle, who voices Max. This, yes. Uh, we've seen him on the podcast before as the voice of Pelswick. Was that also a Canadian show? Uh, yes, I believe so. Mm. Uh, Pelswick was the show about the kid in a wheelchair written by a paraplegic or wow. quadriplegic. Whoa! It, it, That's it was all basic, four. It was, it was his way of um, lashing out at PC culture in a way that was actually pretty engaging. Oh, so better than was, Velma. Because it was the early 2000s <laughs> and that approach was not quite as hateful as it is now. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the movie PCU holds up. Jeremy Piven doesn't, but the movie does. <laughs> uh, interesting. Huh. Um, one, a, a couple other things about um, the background of this show. Okay. It won a Gemini Award for Best Animated Series. Uh, in 1998, uh, these these are the Canadian. The Gem- grant. That was the inaugural Gemini Awards and the last Gemini Awards. <laughs> no, no, this is this is the equivalent of the Emmys in Canada. Oh wow! Yeah. And it actually beat out Arthur and Reboot during uh, their 1998 seasons. Weird. I mean, Maybe- I've tried to rewatch Reboot, and it is redonkakonk. <laughs> Listen to our episode on it. <laughs> Well, it's very difficult. That era of computer animation is very difficult to watch. It's very difficult to Mm -hmm. figure out what shapes I'm supposed to be discerning as what. Yeah. yeah. 
it's something to do with like shading and color like it just the objects all sort of morph together in yeah. a weird disconcerting way the the way to watch reboot is to pretend that you were given the early access code to an indie game but made by one person and that's why it looks like that i mean you know it, or you're just watching a show from a long time ago when the technology wasn't great nick why would i do that though <laughs> Why would I personally do that? Point taken. I, I withdraw my case. Now, now, so it was held in high regard in Canada, but in the U.S., it was canceled before the end of its one-season run and replaced by The Secret Files of the Spy Dogs, a show about dogs who are spies starring Shut Adam up. West. Hey! <laughs> That's why I wouldn't do it. Yeah, absolutely. You can you can write a script in your head for the first episode. I guarantee it. A hundred percent. I you already know exactly did. What's happening? Yep. Spy dogs. Got it. Uh, there's definitely a at one point they like pull a fire hydrant and that turns into an elevator that takes them down into like a secret headquarters. Uh huh. Obviously, it's got it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh. Was <laughs> but that. Couldn't have been a Canadian show. Adam West is American, yeah. Yes, so that this, was, this was yeah. the U.S. Uh, they they this canceled is, it. Yeah, this was Fox that. being like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Fox Kids being like, kids need to see dogs. None of this dog in trench coat. What's under that trench coat? <laughs> I don't care to stick around to find out. <laughs> I had a buddy who had a joke uh, when uh, Planned Parenthood was kind of coming under fire. One of the times, I don't really yeah. remember what it which time. Runs together. Yeah, it happens a lot. Uh, but you know, there were bumper stickers that says stand with PP and he says, that just sounds like step three of being a flasher. (laughs) Step one, buy a trench coat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the, the, uh, the animation itself. So, so I did read that it's fully digital Uh and it has the look of there, there's something about like the color saturation that's like. Around this era, like wild thornberries, like mm-hmm. a lot of the Klasky Shupo stuff, like Jumanji, has that very, like, you know, kind of darker, saturated colors, like very defined lines and stuff. Uh, and, and for some odd reason, like Men in Black, the series kind of also has that. And I have no idea of either any of these other. I actually did minimal work and tried to look up whether these were digitally animated shows or not. And I, you know what? Wikipedia it. would not tell me. I, I would believe it because, the you know, despite the comic booky background aesthetics, the characters mm. are like very consistent and very fluid in their motions. Um, and also like... These characters were adapted into um, adventure games, right? Right. Uh, even as they went into 3D. And so they had very consistent models between those. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they like just copy-pasted from one source to the other, going back and forth Do between the media. Do you think George Lucas like, had to have a pitch meeting about Sam and Max? <laughs> Because I mean, Lucas Arts, like it was all George Lucas. Like, was it? I, at, I, I I just assumed that they took his name and slapped it on things. I didn't know he was. Involved. No, he he was Lucas. He just I'm, he just loves adventure games. I mean, it's crazy. Or does you he know, hate Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> Did they wrong him? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Skywalker Ranch, nowhere near the Sierras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, that might not be true. I don't know. I don't know where the Sierras are. 
I don't know anything about geography. Well, Sierra Nevada, the brewery is in Chico, California, but I don't even know if it's just named after a mountain range in Nevada. I don't know. It's all that west edge of the country that I can't keep track of. You know what's great? When When you're driving, like, I've lived a majority of my life in new england Mm -hmm. with a brief stint in texas where the wind comes racing down the plains yeah and the cotton's as high as an elephant's high uh and when you drive out west when you're used to new england new england is very claustrophobic we say we have mountains uh when really they're just knobs Uh, And trees are small and they're very close together. And everything I could possibly need is within 15 minutes of driving. Mm -hmm. You start driving out west and like you you suddenly see the Rockies as like a small little like pencil line (laughs) that just starts growing. And you're like, as a New Englander, you're like, what is this? (laughs) What is this (laughs) It's crazy. We got to call up Paul Bunyan to deal with this. I mean, it makes no sense to a New England brain because you're just like, there's so much open space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it truly is hell. Um, yeah, yeah. And my brother-in-law is from out there, and he feels the opposite. He comes here, and he's like, oh, geez, everything's so close together. And it's like, I love yeah. it. <laughs> I, I met somebody from California recently who made an observation that I can't get out of my head. Which is that... Airplane food, am I right? Oh, my God. (laughs) His arms are so tired (laughs) from flying here. Um, But they made the... um, They made the comment... (laughs) (laughs) That train of thought, I derailed it. (laughs) (laughs) You're so good at that. Um, No, they made the observation that even though people on the East Coast tend to be more neurotic and not want to interact with people, they're the ones who refuse to use the self-checkout line at the grocery store. Whoa. On the West Coast, everybody's only using self-checkout. Interesting. I couldn't believe it. And here's the thing. People are bad at it here. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't. It is infuriating. I could have two items, and I would not use self-checkout. I would rather wait in line. I mean, it's funny. I was I was having this conversation with a guy, and he was like, he was like, I arrange my cart so that I know where every barcode is. If I have beer, I'm like flagging down the lady on my way to the self checkout. So I and I have my ID ready. And I was like, I'm not that bad, but like I do have like I like pre take out my debit card and like put it in an easily accessible pocket. So like I guess I have my own version. I, I of push that. my shopping cart forward as soon as possible so they can start putting the bags in. I mean, I'm I, self checkout. I'm like beep 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 beep. And I'm like I'm basically like using the pay thing while still checking shit out. I, I'm I multitasking. Never, I've never successfully used self checkout without requiring assistance. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was stuck behind a woman who's like done. She's done. She's paid, and she's trying to give her kid in the cart the receipt, and she's just standing in front of the machine, just trying to get. And I. Wait, almost like exploded. A, as like a plaything? Like, I don't know. Here's a receipt, little Timmy. I can't I Balance can't begin. Mama's checkbook. 
to figure out, I mean, the, 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 she she was a Sam and Max character. Like, it, <laughs> there was just no logic. It was crazy. And I was like, just move to you. The, 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 the kid is mobile. The kid is on wheels. Push the kid and try to give it the receipt. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Just get out of my way. I want these bananas. Yeah, so they, they existed as an obstacle to something simple. And you, as a Max character. Seriously, I could have. an outrageous <laughs> response, which could be used for comedy if anyone was watching. Yeah, you know, light some dynamite underneath them or something fun like that. Do we want to? Do we want to move back to talking about the show, or are we still in grocery mode? <laughs> this isn't a judgment thing. I'm, I'm honestly curious what you, where you want to go. I mean, we we I, I think all my grocery. I think I've exercised the grocery demons. Okay, good. They got rid of those ball uh, uh, corrals. You know those big plastic things that they used to have at the store where there was these big bouncy balls in them. Oh, I think we still have them. No. I think they show up every now and then. Yeah, it's not like a consistent thing, but, you know, like around Valentine's Day or something. They'll be like, like you know. They should be all over the place. I mean, uh, we want to talk about like some Bernstein bear shit. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Applebee's used to have shit on the walls, right? <laughs> like, it what, used to- like a mental institution? What do you mean? And, like there used to be like uh, like sleds and like a trumpet and like it used to like uh, the shenanigans. Like a hard rock cafe would have. Sure, but like just tchotchkes. It's yeah, not yeah. like it's like, you know, the rock's pants that he wore in oh, yeah. Return just, to Witch Mountain. Shit that, yeah. That somebody had. And uh, like Fuddruckers would have that or something. Uh, mm-hmm. but You're welcome. All <laughs> <laughs> but all of a sudden, there's just, I, I feel like that existed, and now it's just very institutional, and like, you know, maybe there's like some light paneling, and maybe a sports picture for your local hometown heroes or something. Yeah, yeah. spaces were more fun in the 90s. Honestly, uh, a lot of stuff, you know, that zany kind of anti-institutionalism, yeah. uh, that... Uh, the funny, so I read uh, Chuck Klosterman's uh, The 90s. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. Very fun read. Okay. Uh, but he said if you asked like a younger person or a young adult in, uh, or no, like a like 20-something probably, in the 90s, what's wrong with uh, America, they would say commercialism. And if you asked <laughs> a millennial now what the problem is, they would say uh, capitalism. Yeah. And, you know, you think about, like, like Pete and Pete or something like that, where it was, like, always railing against some unseen, like, like commercial institution. Yeah. It was all—and, like, boardrooms were always a setting for evil. Yep. I mean, f- from, like, fucking guar videos <laughs> to, like— uh, all the way to like the Rugrats. Like, if you were in a boardroom, you were dealing with somebody who was unsavory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a lot of ways, things haven't really changed a lot since the '90s. They've only rebranded. Right. So now, you know, we just see it as these like halls of power, and you know, the 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 mysterious algorithms and forces that be. But like, we got to put like kind of a face to it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was usually a dude. Oh yeah, I mean, a dude. With For suspenders. Cri- oh, absolutely. For Christ's sake, the Super Mario Brothers movie. They, like, made Koopa <laughs> just a corporate entity. Just a, just a dude. Was yeah. it Dennis Hopper? I think it was Dennis Hopper. Uh, I haven't seen it. Probably no. since it came out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see the new one. I'm excited for it. Oh, it's-a me. 
Yeah, you got Pizza it. Pizza <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you understand what they're doing. Who do you think Jason Manzukis will play? <laughs> oh, is he cast? Is I don't know, but he cast? shows up in so much random shit that I just feel like there's going to be one random mushroom who's, or uh, what are they called? Yeah, they're called mushrooms, right? Toads. Toads. There's going to be one r- toad who's like, gross. <laughs> that is totally gross. I'm not no, into I, it. <laughs> I think he's going to play his same character from John Wick 3. <laughs> I think it's going to be the Wick same TikTok. guy. Yeah, the TikTok man. <laughs> John Wick 4, very excited. Oh. Uh, also, uh, Fast and Furious 10 looks great. Oh, they're tenning up. Nine was kind of a lackluster, I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. The, 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 the cast has grown so much because they keep adding people and everybody from a previous movie, except for uh, Paul Walker, of course, has to you know come back. Wait, why? <laughs> oh, <clears throat> uh, I'll tell you when you're older. Um, but the the idea that like they, they just keep like ha- adding on to yeah. this, and either they're new friends or they're like, I mean, actually, they were always new friends up until Charlize Theron, and now she's like a big bat or like a side bat. I don't really know how this works with the bats, but uh, it's just so bloated now, and how it's, they're going to fit all these storylines in. It's just the same thing nuts. that they did with like all the CW superhero shows. We're just we're gonna keep adding people and complications, but we're still telling the same story from season to season. So right. it's not clear why it continues to happen. It's still Superman and Batman, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, he is the bat. Oh man, I I miss it when it, I miss kids. WB that that felt that that was the other thing about that era. Like I mean, talk about like you know. Little Nick sitting and watching Sam and Max and like feeling that that humor is probably like a humor that I would have really enjoyed because yeah. also I I really remember like vividly having this moment watching the movie The Stupids with Tom Arnold. Okay, the terrible movie, but they never learn anything. And it's like they're the same character. It's, it's based off of a children's book where, you know, oh, they're so stupid. Huh. Whoa. Mm-hmm. But uh, in true 90s fashion, what do you do when you adapt a children's book? You got to turn it into a blow em up action movie. And, you sure. know, that bad guy from The Shadow and uh, uh, The Mask has to show up. The guy with the one ponytail who's bald. Neil's something or other. Um, anyways. But uh, so Tom Arnold and the family are just so stupid and they bumble through life. And, you know, he sings, I'm my own grandpa and blah, blah, blah. But they never change. And I was like, man, you know what really bums me out about some movies? It's like there's always a serious part where everything goes wrong and they have to (laughs) learn something. This doesn't have that. This is great. Yeah, my main problem with this art form is the whole dramatic arc. <laughs> yeah, I really man, want I just want is, jokes. Is a 30-second snippet of two characters yelling at each other, and then somebody almost gets run over with a car. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, so I would have been totally 100% on this show, but or into this show. I would have also been on this show. But I could, the, yeah, I guess spot. Yeah, right? As some sort of maniacal fish person. Yeah! <laughs> There he is. But the thing is, for the first time, kids were marketed to. Like, yeah. you know, Nickelodeon was the first network completely for children. Yeah. Uh, and 
the fact that it felt like there was a place where, even though you didn't, you thought you had a voice or that you thought people cared about you, you know? Yeah. And Kids WB felt like that, you know? Yeah. It, it was the first time that animation uh, uh, networks were trying to create a brand identity that kids could latch onto. Like, there was a, a sense of a Nick show or a Cartoon Network show or a Kids WB show. Yeah. And now, with streaming services, I think we've kind of lost that. It's whatever they can get their hands on that already exists or just whatever they can throw money at because we need more content. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cartoon Network, man, that was just such a just such a like beautiful weird place yeah like, you know that 90s era of like johnny bravo and cow and chicken and ed ed and eddie and it, you, it just felt like so vibrant and real and just like downloaded directly into your brain and you were like yeah. this is amazing yeah it's it's i a part of me wants to like just immerse myself in modern like Cartoon Network and see how it is. It just what, are, what and, are the kids today seeing? Cartoon Network just uh, folded. What? Yeah, Warner Brothers um, closed Cartoon Network last year. I get emails from Warner Brothers. I don't know why this happened or how this happened, but <laughs> I get really pushing I get, their marketing. <laughs> I get press releases from Warner Brothers all the time, and I'm like, not, huh. not just like. Oh, this mailing list from this nerd website I signed up to once by accident to sending no. me. You're getting press releases. I'm getting like like e- Eve something or other. Eve uh, Natalia or whatever the hell her name is is like sending me emails, being like, "This is what's coming up from Warner Brothers Animation." Is this, is this a corporate entity or is this a person? Are we doxing someone? Uh, no, no, no. It's <laughs> the, the, whatever the press agent is. <laughs> Uh, but somehow I got on this mailing list. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Warner Brothers folded uh, Cartoon Network as an entity, and it's yeah now just Warner Brothers Animation, television yeah. animation, or whatever the hell the subset is. Yeah, they're they're doing a lot of things. <clears throat> Man, ugh. Uh, Angry Beavers was Nickelodeon, though. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But I mean, it was yeah Fred Seibert. He was kind of like setting the tone for all that shit. Um, although Jerry Laybourne, man, she must have been a fucking powerhouse. I mean, she's still around, obviously, but which brings me to my next point. <laughs> a, a fucking uh, Jerry Laybourne leaves <laughs> Nickelodeon to go to Disney, and she doesn't even make it a year. I think it's Michael Eisner, man. <laughs> he, he just can't let it go. Just well, I, you know, I think he just like had such an ego about shit that mm-hmm. like, and such a micromanager, you know, and I, I think. I think that's the difference, the huge difference between Iger and Eisner. Mm-hmm. Like Eisner, I think he just couldn't let go, and I think Iger really could. I mean, obviously, <laughs> the, <laughs> the world couldn't let go of him, but you know, <clears throat> I think he could put people in positions and let them either give them enough rope to hang themselves or yeah. do the job. And yeah. I don't think Eisner had that in him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone should ever be in charge of things. You know, just kind of evoking that nineties. Uh, morality. Sure, absolutely. They're in, a, they're in a business room. They shouldn't be making decisions. That's Fill the that evil thing up with right balls there. With Wall Street, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Wall Street too. Money never sleeps. <laughs> okay, Sam and Max. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not great. 
I don't know if I could recommend this show. I mean, like I said, like it's fun to put on while you're doing the dishes or something, and it's 13 episodes. Like you're yeah. not you're it's not gearing fast. up, and there's no recurring plot. So like it's not like you're like shit now. Like lock and key, man, that caught me. I was like, fuck, I gotta keep watching this thing. <laughs> lock and key on uh, Netflix. It's based off of a Joe Hill comic book. It's all about a uh, family, the Lock family. Oh, who find some keys, right. uh, and they all they do funky magical things. But like yeah. it's it's like lost in the sense of like you know the episodes you're, you're like up oh, episodes ending and I'm about to go to bed. This will be fun, and then they're like, it was the brother and he's still alive, <laughs> and you're like, fuck, I have to keep watching. Yep, this is bullshit. <laughs> Sam Max, no, you're like ep- episodes done. You're like great, dishes are done. I'm like- I'm, I'm off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I I got halfway through the episode, but I saw enough. Yeah, I don't need to see how this resolves because it doesn't matter. Yeah, there is no resolution. There was an episode. So in I that way, it's an- very much like life. It is. I clicked on an episode uh, because the title of the episode was "It's Dangly Deaver Time," <laughs> which I'm not going to explain what that means. Uh, Wait, no, but- explain it. Well, that was when they were uh, they resurrected a, a character from like a fifties black and white TV. Oh, uh, okay. The Andy Rooney or or Andy Duty. I don't know. Not Andy howdy Rooney. Duty. <laughs> howdy Duty. Thank you. <laughs> what time is it, kids? It's Howdy Duty time. Yeah. Um, but the cold open to this episode was you're looking at like a street intersection and three lobsters are trying to cross the street. <laughs> And the, and our ca- main characters almost run them over with a car. I could the car, in fact, with the, with their car. Yeah, I could have stopped there. Nothing good happened after that. <laughs> like, Interesting. There were episodes yeah, where yeah. good stuff were happening throughout, but just sure. No, the past five minutes has no bearing on the quality of the next five minutes. I will say the the uh, episode featuring lactose intolerance. There was a funny recurring gag mm-hmm. where he kept saying, "And the sponsors this week have presented this episode without commercial inter," and then it went to a commercial. <laughs> yeah, they they have good gags. It's yeah. just inconsistent. Right, right. It, it, very in the same way that if you're if you're writing an adventure game with like so much dialogue for people because they're going to just keep clicking until they get a different response. Mm. Um, they're not all going to be winners. It's it's basically impossible to achieve that level of quality. And this is a a TV show where they were kind of just clearly testing the waters of what media these characters can go into successfully. And taking lunch and calling it a day by eleven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they started late. Yep. <laughs> Every day. Ooh, I left a little late, and then there was traffic, boss. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Three lobsters? Yeah, call it a day. <laughs> but but clearly, something about this these these characters, this entity, stuck with people, right? It became a, a very successful video game uh, uh, series, and it's like these are recognizable characters. What right. what do you think is the general appeal? Well, I mean, is it the design? Is it, you know, just the the kind of, I mean, the, the, the evocation of freelance police as opposed to private investigators or something, you know, it has this kind of like off the wall idea. It, it seems very like the, the, there's a 
fecundity to it, if you will. Yeah, idea you know? generation. The, the, huh? I, the idea generation. Yeah, right. Is what I think you mean by fecundity. <laughs> very well it's like a a fun way it's a better way of saying uh like full of possibility than pregnant (laughs) oh okay yeah fecundity makes me think more of pregnant (laughs) than the word pregnant actually (laughs) uh great uh but there there see there seems you you see the picture like it would be like a do you ever get that chris van allsberg book the mysteries of harris burdick Nope. Okay, so the, the I don't know whole, much. So Chris Van Allsburg, he was a ch- children's book author, and he wrote um, the, the original Jumanji book. Um, oh, okay. And so he had he was very the the, the illustrations in Chris Van Allsburg books are f- phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good one called um, The Witch's Broomstick and stuff. But he had this book called Mysteries of Harris Burdick, and the whole idea is that uh, there's this fictional editor who finds, you know, a, a thing of drawings from this guy, Harris Burdick, and he tries to track him down, and he can't. So he has no idea what these pictures go to, so he just publishes the pictures. And the whole idea of the mm-hmm. book is that, you know, you're a kid, use your imagination. And the pictures are very, you know, evocative, and they have, like, these fun details and somewhat surreal and all this kind of stuff. So you look at the picture, and you're like, Jesus, I can imagine whole worlds. Yeah. And I feel like you see this, you know, dog in a trench coat and this, like, weird lagomorph thing anthropomorphic lagomorph mm. great anthropomorphic lagomorph that's just fun to say <laughs> and y- you you know it it feels it feels important and then you watch the thing and you're like oh, okay uh yeah yeah like they they've created a space where they can make any joke mm. but they don't care enough to like really sit down and craft a, a joke they're just kind of doing a bit until they get to the next bit like craft something where the wor- where the joke can live yeah yeah there's there's nothing surrounding it right yeah it's, i had a buddy uh, who once described uh family guy he said it's animating corpses to say jokes is what he said <laughs> And I don't think that this is necessarily that, but it's kind of you know it's a different side of the same coin. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not doing a Frankenstein. You're doing that thing where they they hooked up electrodes to uh, like uh, disembodied frogs' legs, and the legs jumped. Right, it's uh, faster. <laughs> you, you know what did this? I think a lot better. Did you ever read Scud, the Disposable Assassin? I saw ads for it. So that has a very similar chaotic universe mm-hmm. where there's like, you know, I mean, just creatures made out of like mouse traps and fishing gear and shit. Yeah. You know, just weird, weird, very surreal stuff. But Scud is a character. Like you you I don't know if you identify with Scud, but you can realize that Scud has motivations and fears and stuff. And And even though it's an off-the-wall universe where, you know, people are like, from hell's heart I stabbeth thee and shit like that, you know, it it breathes. It's a recognizable aesthetic that you can imagine a world uh, around it. This, this is just the real world plus. Right, yeah. And it's, um, I'll I'll give an example of how the show itself is distracted from what it's trying to do where <laughs> so they travel back in time the show distracts itself i it love is, that description is. yeah the, they they travel back in time and they change the present and then they see okay even small changes can have monumental effects right we've seen this in other shows right butterfly effect 
they don't try to change things back to the way they were. They don't try to create a utopia. They just, like, hand a gun to a caveman. And that's a 10-second clip. And then we have a 10-second clip where they're in a supercar. They they don't rule of three it. That's the only <laughs> part of the sequence. And then they're like, hey, we should move on with the plot. It's like a kid who got distracted by a better toy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, I'm not going to fault it. No. It's, <laughs> hey, for it's 13, gags, good job on making it to 13 episodes, guys. <laughs> who, it, it's not their responsibility to keep with a gag. It's their responsibility to create gags. Right. Right? They don't care how long it'll take. Just yeah. th- throw them out. Uh, I, I, I really love vintage, like reading about old timey, like cartoon writers and shit. Cause there's always like, there's always that guy who's like, he's like, oh, he was the best gag man in the room. And it's just like, so that was, it was just like a dude who, yeah. it's like people who can write like classic jokes, like people who can write a knock, knock joke. And you're just like, how do you fucking do that? <laughs> <laughs> How do you get that good? Well, I mean, you know, you gotta come out of retirement for one more job. Yeah, right. It's just so, and you know, there was the it's knock like, knock man. Yeah, knock, knock and, Mr. Wick. <laughs> tick tock, Mr. Wick. Tick tock. <laughs> I should really watch a John Wick movie at some point. Oh, John Wick four! Very excited, uh, man. John Wick is it's so wild, and uh, the the that's a that's a movie that just it suggests a universe Mm -hmm. and you're like this seems amazing (laughs) but it doesn't like hammer it home like it's it's when things treat stuff like science okay it's like the difference between uh beetlejuice the movie and beetlejuice the musical beetlejuice the movie there's one rule you say his name three times he shows up that's it that's that's the rule and if you're dead you're dead that's kind of it and beyond that there's like this suggestion that like shit's happening and stuff's crazy (laughs) and then the musical it's like it just gobbles on rules upon rules of just like Mm -hmm. oh well you know if you're dead you have to do this i mean the movie for christ's sake had a rule book in it and you still don't feel bogged down in this fake science of just like uh and john wick has that where it's just like just suggestions of like holy shit something's really going on and it's great (laughs) yeah i i would have loved a few more suggestions of rules in sam and max like i need some structure here I would have loved, like, yeah, an on. I mean, you know, an ongoing thing more than just these dudes are together. There's a commissioner, like, even a consistency of the commissioner giving them cases. I didn't even see the commissioner. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was, was just the phone. It's the phone voice. As far as I know, there was only and the then, phone. And there's there's some tech girl named the Geek who right. is just just your your smart tech friend. Like, there's they don't really get more fleshed out than that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's funny to think of like a cold open on this show because it's funny to think of a structure at all. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess you have to have a structure no matter what because you have to like time shit out for your commercial breaks. But you know, (laughs) well, do you? Because they're only like ten minutes long, so just put an extra long one in the middle. Yeah, right. You don't need to three and three in. We got to get three gags before we have the commercial. (laughs) Yep. Um, just looking at the, uh, intro theme. It's great. 
yeah, it's it's as jarring as everything else. Um, so this is like this bebop jazz with a lot of scatting over it. Um, it was like, yeah, and it was like Sam and Max. And it's Sam and Max. I, I do think that that was a recurring gag, or at least I saw it. I, I, I don't know if it happened every time, but it seemed like there was a recurring gag in the cold open where someone would be like, who are these guys? And then it would cut to yeah. the theme song. But I, even that seemed inconsistent. And it was just like, what are we doing here? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't encounter any rules. Um, the visuals of the intro, it's it's a series of quick cuts from the show, but it's not screen to screen, like showing us different parts of different like uh it's different, comic different book panel kind of yeah, it's, it's not it's the screen is divided into halves or thirds and each of those has its own scene and each of those changes like every one to two seconds yeah very frenetic and it's, it's honestly too much great <laughs> I, I mean, like, that's the show I wanted for some odd reason. It, it's not false advertising. I'll give it that. Yeah, right? I know. It was, it was catchy. It was it Taking was a break from the taste. MTV generation, huh? I didn't, I didn't catch if it was, like, scenes from the show or if it was just wacky non sequitur scenes. Did you? Could have gone either way. Yeah, it could have uh, gone. Yeah, it could have gone. Because in a lot of shows, like, your intro would be. Do you know about the Kitagon uh, uh, conspiracy? Oh, please tell me. <laughs> the Kitagon conspiracy? Uh, well, come to find out, uh, uh, Bob Newhart's still alive. Ah, uh, Bobby. I think he still is alive. Because they know. kept giving him new hearts. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like six by now. He's unstoppable. <laughs> I'll be a living god. Community reference. <laughs> Take your word for it. Oh, that's a great show. Oh, I know. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I'm sure. Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a clip episode that's clips of episodes that have never existed. <laughs> it's so funny. Yes. Yeah, like the Clerks, uh, Clerks TV show. Yes. Yep. Yes, yes. Clerks did get there first. That's what you want to do in an intro is like, because the intro is so, like, it's not tied to the plot of an episode, you can put random wacky non sequiturs in there. But the show already does it, so it doesn't matter that right. we have this boundless place. It's almost we like putting a hat on a hat. There's too many hats in this show. <laughs> Far too many. Or not um, enough. I don't know. The one consistent uh, thing about the audio is this sort of noir aesthetic, the the wandering bass line, to the extent where there's like a Kraken attack and it's still wandering bass line. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of saxophone. <laughs> yeah, it was because uh, it's not a serious scene. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> there are no stakes ever. Nope. Uh, and I mean, like, y- you think of something like Freakazoid, and like <sighs> the Candlejack episode. Even mm-hmm. like they're not going to kill these kids. This is a, a comedy, and it's yeah. funny. But yet, like somehow. It still feels like there are stakes. Like, Freakazoid has to stop Candlejack. They they set up rules in their world. Yeah. And the rule is, he gets you. And when you're telling, like, a campfire story and somebody gets you, they don't hear from you again. (laughs) Presented with Scream of Vision. Scream. Ah! God, it's oh, we just watched that. That was for episode 200. Did you really? Oh, that show is so good. And it's, it's, mm. Yeah. Tasty stuff. 
And I mean, talk about great meta gags as well. I mean, the way that they kind of frame it like this is a cartoon and we're going to make we're going to constantly. I mean, the, this show very much meta, you know, I mean, it. but it was just kind of like it was kind of almost lazy meta where it was just like, well, because this is a cartoon, we're going to, you know, just end it. Yep. We we are in space now. Yeah, right? <laughs> Whereas, like, you know, something like an Animaniacs, they'd at least, like, have a giant eraser come out and, like, you know, they're trying to fend off the eraser or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I would say f- a fun. Like, it, I, I'm i not asking for a refund of my time. Like, no, no. I'm, I just feel like there could have been more here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the concept of a freelance police, uh, which is an oxymoron in terms, right? Like Absolutely. That, that doesn't make, as a concept, that doesn't make any sense. Right. I'm not mad, I'm real. just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. They, they could have done more. And I'm sh- I, I would imagine that in the context of an adventure game, which I haven't played. I, or a comic game, book, which I haven't read. <laughs> I haven't read. I don't know anything. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hack and a fraud. <laughs> um, you know, adventure game logic is weird, but there is a, th- is, there is a through line, right? Mm. Um. Usually. So I, I'd be curious to see how the the filter of these are wacky guys over an actual plot would, would go. Well, and you as a as a god controlling have yes, to you. have to actually have agency to do shit in a game. Right. It can't all just be like, well, Max didn't want to go walk over there because he's busy, you know, sorting buttons. Right. Yeah. Or like, you know there has to be like a predictability to it so that you could like get a score or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Interesting. All right, well let me know when you play it. No, I'm all right. Oh, okay. Uh I I actually the only time that I had actually heard of uh Sam and Max was it it's called Poker Night at the Inventory okay. and it's you play poker against Max okay. uh, as well as the big guy from Team Fortress 2. The guy from Penny Arcade and Strong Bad from Homestar Runner. Mm, and the Burninating like, all the thatch roof cottages. That's right. And and it was just like these early 2000s icons Mm-mm. who are very easy, pastiches to understand. Like, so that they can just they, keep oh, putting visually out compelling. As you, oh, yeah. And, and surprisingly, like, like, they made the animation styles coordinate. Um, but yeah, I think I think Max is definitely on the level of those other characters, and Strong Bad is a bit more nuanced and textured. But that's my personal bias. Sure, yeah. I mean, I I, I wasn't like the uh, Homestar Runner for me is not in my like DNA like it is some people. But I I enjoyed it when I visited revisited it. You know, it it's also very wacky and very like uh uh. Uh, the humor comes through in the way things are said. Yeah. Like the, the, the syntax Sarah, does a lot for it. Yeah, like that's fun because right. of the way it's it's because of the line delivery. But there is more uh uh textured characters, more of a plot line stringing the jokes together, even if it's only over the course of five minutes. Um You feel like you could and, understand how Strong Bad would react in a certain situation. It's predictive, right? right. This is a predictable character. Interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. but uh, 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 well done, uh, Steve Purcell and uh, Steve Whitmire. Uh, no, that's Bushimi. Kermit the Frog. Uh, yes, well done to all the Steves. 
you <laughs> yes, guys are doing the Lord's work out there. Sponsored by Steve's. John's, you'll get your turn some other time. Yeah, tune in next week when we're sponsored by Kevin's. Ooh, Kevin. Uh, Spacey's out, but Klein is in. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, take take us home, buddy. It's interesting because Ben's not here, so I don't actually feel the need to like say, oh, you know, like and subscribe or whatever he says. I kind of tune out when he does that. And this is an interstitial, so I don't have to, to key up whatever we're watching next. So it's it's just it's just, we can just fill time until we're ready to close, <laughs> which I guess I feel like that's what now. we've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> since minute one. <laughs> and then after that, minute two. <laughs> Ooh, coming up. I always like the idea of like a uh, like a valedictorian or graduation speech, and th- the idea just in general. Yeah, just it I like smart me. people talking. <laughs> it feels so hopeful. Yeah, um, if this person who has no more insight into the real world than anybody else telling yeah, you about other how the child, <laughs> fuck you, child who has been working within the system slightly better than me. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, I like the idea that they admit that there's nothing of substance that they're going to say. It's all just the the um, the facade and the trappings of of a formality. Mm. Uh, and so I would love it if they just counted from like one to one hundred and like had the cadence of a of a of an important speech like that. <laughs> that really, I kind of want to like do that out someday and see how well I could do it, like as an improv exercise. Yeah, right. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, and then you get like really teary, like twenty six. <laughs> 27, 28, 29, 87, 88, 89, 90. And I would love it when the audience, like, like they're, they've followed you here and then they breathe a sigh of relief when you say 100 and then just 101. And, <laughs> you just... and in closing, 101. <laughs> and that is the episode. Woo! Woo-hoo. We did it. We gabbed for, uh, let me look here, hour 25. Well done, us. Well, there was like a few minutes of diarrhea in the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, you could just loose bowels. Yeah. Because diarrhea keeps coming, you know? Oh, yeah. Keeps Whereas, you moving. Grooving, baby. I love that grooving pooping. <laughs> sure, leave there's something better we can end this time. <laughs> and yet... And yet there is not. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> totally nuts. <laughs> Have you? I haven't actually watched Bonkers. How does this compare? Uh, well, Bonkers is very plotted. Really? Yeah, insanely so. And it's, yeah, I thought he was supposed to be wacky. He is wacky. Yes, and he lives in a cartoon universe. But the cartoon universe has way more rules, and he is a cop, and every episode is, uh, you know, drama. Basically, yeah, just wacky with cartoon, wacky in the uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit way. Genteel wacky. Sure. I I don't whip out the wackiness for just anybody. Absolutely, yes. I I I went to Wacky University. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're dressing up, you know, they're making it a dance, an allure of wackiness. Absolutely. Sam and Max are just, just whacking it all day. Yeah, I mean, they're well, they're freelance whackers. Yeah, yeah. A lot you know? of time freelancing. 
honestly, and you just you 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 gotta you really Fre- gotta aim low sometimes to get so you know you you gotta eat. Like the, like taking the words apart, freelancing does seem like a term for masturbation. Uh, Lance being a penis. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not Lance Armstrong. Armstrong also being a euphemism <laughs> for masturbation. What was that, tiny chips? You all want to fight with me? This is best idea. Colin, raise him. Tear his kneecaps out. Not in that order. Nothing intimidates your opponents like a heavy dose of Think Hard. 